0: good morning good afternoon and good evening i hope this podcast finds you well wherever you are and whatever time of day you choose to listen to it so what's this all about welcome to the first installment of coffee's create connections so the whole idea of this was to build a platform where people had an opportunity to share their stories I've always felt like each and every one of us has a story and we can learn for all of us but not everyone is heard so i wanted to put this little piece together initially the idea was for this to be an in-person event where i'd get people together each month for us to have a little healthy dialogue and for each and every one of us to leave with a little bit of hope but i also thought it'd be a good idea to add this to a podcast as well so people can look back at people's stories and hear their voice so Episode 1, let's start with me. So first and foremost, hey guys, my name's Indy. I'm a strength and empowerment coach from London, UK. And I guess my main reason for doing this was when I was younger, I always felt like I didn't fit in. Um, I felt like everything I said or did was stupid, you know, and I always kind of felt belittled. And when I was younger, I had my my fair share of ups and downs and definitely dealt with my depression, you know. um, My parents moved over to the UK in the 70s, so they were first generation immigrants from India and I was born in London in 1987. And looking back, my parents did a fantastic job in trying to raise me as best as they thought taking in an Eastern thinking to a Western world wasn't necessarily as easy as you think it'd be. Um, and I always kind of felt left out. I never felt like I fitted in. I always felt like I didn't kind of um, meet my parents' expectations and kind of like what I felt like society needed from me as well. So I used to always have these really negative thoughts about myself. And I remember going to bed each night. You know, I'd always be upset. Some nights, we'll be in tears, um, to a point where I remember I was fourteen years old, and the thought crossed my mind. You know, maybe I want to end this, or maybe I want to get out. And I didn't do it, but I did go down that deep hole of saying, you know, I went out, I want to take my life. But I remember that night because I went to bed in tears, and a part of me said. There needed to be hope. And I made it my purpose to make sure I did that, to be able to give people some ray of hope. And that purpose became my kind of foundation for what I did next. But it didn't solve my own problems. It just became a mask on top of that. I felt like going out there and saving others would save me. But the truth is, I was wrong. So in my early teens, you know, I felt so separate. Everybody wanted to be out there playing, having fun, whereas I was quite happy just being at home in my own room, just being in my own company. And I guess at the time, I didn't realise that I was introverted at heart and that I took great joy in just being in my own company. But it was hard when you see everyone out there having fun, laughing, doing their thing, and you're just kind of in the background. And this led me to kind of having, again, suicidal tendencies and depressive thoughts. But at the same time same time in me, there was a voice in, my, in the back of my head that said, don't give up, you know, and everything's been okay. So I just kind of clinged on to this hope. And I was grateful enough to start martial arts from a young age, and my sensei was a phenomenal soul. And he definitely gave me a good base in understanding my health and my fitness, and through that, it got me into what eventually became my career. So that was like training So i started lifting weights at the age of 13 and that became a very good sort of way for me to realize my strength and um, kind of stop some of this negative dialogue however it wasn't as easy as as i say it was but it would gain me a good foundation to start moving forward now obviously i still had my my thoughts my negative thoughts i still felt down about myself i still I had this sense of insecurity and lack of self-worth and I guess that stemmed from the fact that I was seeking approval and love for my parents. My dad was a typical Indian father you know tough hard-working individual never um, showed his emotions and on the flip side I had my mum who was very loving and giving but over mothering say so almost Cottonwalled me and made me feel weak and that I couldn't do anything without her without them So I was afraid and to some degree. I'm still afraid of life and reality Um, But again, I had this little niggle this voice in my head that said everything will be okay and Through training I started to gain this strength and this kind of purpose in myself and then fast forward to 21 out of nowhere bang i'm crossing a road and i'm hit by a bus i was rushed to hospital i had a subacute brain hemorrhage and a fractured skull and all i remember from that experience is a voice saying to me we don't give up and i woke up and <laughs> i remember throwing up my duck chow that i had for lunch that afternoon and my father, and I believe my brother, and one of his friends, looking over me. And my first reaction was to vomit that 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 meal out. And um, I was pretty drugged up, and I remember falling back to sleep. But I also remember the neurosurgeon saying to my father, "I had forty eight hours or two days," but I don't know what it was, but something again in me said I'd be okay, and three days later I'm up and the neurosurgeon is with my father looking over me saying I don't know how your son's alive so was it my luck or was it my will or was it a bit of both was it the fact that it wasn't my time yet who knows but I made it through and in that moment I realized one thing I took responsibility of what happened I took it as What if all these negative thoughts that I had growing up manifested into this physical event? I always wanted out, didn't I? And there you go. I was getting what I asked for. Anyway, I took that as a sign of the ability I had to take control of my life. I could have reacted and got upset, dug myself into a deep hole and played the victim. Oh no, what happened to me? I nearly died oh my god, oh my god, all these thoughts, but I was like, no, I'm okay. I choose to see that experience as something positive. And, you know, it gave me a cool story. How many people can say that they got hit by a bus and walked away, eh? Although, I don't know, if I've come out of it, probably a bit crazy, who knows. Um, Fast forward, you know, I began my career as a trainer, worked in various places and so forth but I still had my insecurities my fears and my doubts and a lot of that stemmed from my weight growing up I was never really focused on kind of the aesthetic side of coaching I just wanted to lift big heavy weights and be strong Um, so I didn't pay much attention to my nutrition and I was carrying a bit of extra timber and as you know the fitness industry is a very visual industry and When I got myself out there into that world, I felt like shit. I felt so unfit, so fat, so ugly, and it really knocked my confidence. And then that further dug me into a deeper hole where I started to doubt myself as a coach. Why would people want to take advice from me if I look like a watermelon, you know? So all these thoughts would manifest again, but I would be just spreading them away, not really acknowledging them. However, on the flip side as well, during this period, I kind of got more into understanding why I did what I did, my thoughts, I got involved in understanding psychology, more of the esoteric thinking, looking into all the elements that affect us and why we do what we do. And yeah, I had a good little career in my early 20s as a coach, and that little message I gave myself when I was a kid to be some sort of hope was still ingrained in me. So I did it. I made sure I went out there, made sure people felt loved, heard, and that there was this hope. But one thing I forgot during this process was the most important person, and that was me. I felt it was wrong for me to be selfish, that I had to always put myself on the back and put others before me and make sure others were happy, others had what they wanted, and then I would come last. And I remember one point in my life um, giving a lot of my energy to one individual. A lot of my energy, a lot of my time. And that took a lot away from me in terms of my energy. To the point where I'm back in my room one night. At this time now, I'd kind of um, developed a process of self-dialogue. So every night I'd light a candle, just review my day, look at what had happened... And the intent was to always go to bed, feeling happy and having positive intentions for the day to follow. So I'd always release any negative thoughts, ask myself how I was and then go to bed. However, that night I lit my candle and I made a wish. Words can be empty. But when you couple those words with powerful emotions, anything is possible. So I made a wish. I wished, you know, I wished cancer upon myself. And a year later on, I'm training in the gym. I place my hand on my neck and I find a small pea-sized lump. What's this, I thought. Um, at the time, I was set to move to Singapore for a job. However, I was in that plan. I had to take a backbone because I wanted to find out what's going wrong with me. So I went to the doctors and the first thing they do is just to kind of rule really it out as TB. They'd obviously look at my background, see me as an Asian. That's the first thing to look at. Ruled that out, it wasn't that. And eventually, we got to do a biopsy. And the biopsy came back positive for a cancerous lump. I then had to go in for a scan, and we found that it had spread to my spleen. So I was diagnosed with stage 3 Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'll never forget that day when the doctor told me this. I'll never forget because of her facial reaction. When she told me, um, Mr Rajpal, I'm sorry to inform you, you have stage three Hodgkin's cancer lymphoma. And I was like, OK. And she was like, are you all right? And I said, of course I am. I said, do you want me to react negatively? In that moment, I made a split decision to choose what would happen next. And this is the thing in life. we We have a choice. We always live a very reactive life, don't we? We always react negatively to what's happening outside of us, but how many of us actually just pause and take a deep breath and respond accordingly? Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very much oh no, fear, doubt, worry, and upset. But in that split second, my thoughts backtracked to the year before, where I said, where I asked for this. So my initial thought was, you asked for this, mate, deal with it. I knew I'd be okay. It was just a matter of getting through those six months. So I always tell people, we have that choice. We can either choose to react negatively to things or see or accept the fact that, okay, this is where we are. What can we do to move forward? Reacting negatively isn't going to make it easier. Getting upset down about it isn't going to solve anything. So you know what? Why don't you just choose to own it and realise that I know and I trust things will be fine. I've just got to get from A to B as best as possible, and I'm not gonna lie. That year of chemo was challenging, uh, but I never gave up. I do, I remember going in every other Monday for my chemo, and the nurse was like, "Why are you always happy? For why are you always smiling?" And I said, "Give me a reason not to be." Okay, I've got cancer, so what? But you know what? I've got a roof over my head i got clothes to keep me warm. i got a loving family. And I had such a wonderful group of friends that year. Still with me right now, who were there for me, who looked after me. I had everything possible to make sure that journey was as comfortable as possible. So why should I get upset? And if it is my time, and if I was to go, then so be it. That's life, isn't it? But we forget this. You know, we forget the little things that we have within us. And at this time in my life, gratitude was deeply ingrained into my thinking. Every moment, every chance i get, I'd go through the things that I was grateful for. You know, and I think one of the things that always made me who I am was this sense of trust that no matter what, I'd always be supported and that things would work out and I'd find my way. And that year I did. Now, what was the greatest challenge of that year? Was it the chemo? Not necessarily, the challenge was gaining over 60 kilos in body weight after eating so much junk food that year to just give me that instant energy. I may have stopped working as a trainer that year but I never sat down and rested. I, con- I continued to work in the family business to look after my nephew. I kept going because I didn't want to give up. I just don't want to sit at home but to do so my body required energy and the energy came in the form of chocolates, ice creams, crisps, junk food and obviously with that there's an exchange the gain the weight i gained so it's funny when i look back at it the greatest um challenge that came from it wasn't the chemo it was the weight i put on now that weight really really knocked my confidence down because i'd went from someone who was big growing up who then lost considerable amount of weight to keep fit and healthy but then end up double the size and that really knocked my confidence i felt so shit so insignificant and i remember getting back into the fitness industry and my my manager at the time saying to me like you know um, you need to lose weight you know you need to be a product that you're gonna you know represent so it became a journey and this journey began in 20 2016 to lose my weight and it didn't happen overnight it didn't happen in three months it didn't happen in a year it didn't happen in two it didn't happen in three it happened in four in fact it may happen in five years to the point where i had to leave the country to isolate myself to just be in my own world and to put aside all the things that stopped me from moving forward in that goal. So I left the country in 2018 and moved to to Sydney to do one of, probably one of the best things I ever did for my life was to fully nourish my soul, to give myself that time and love that I needed to become, not to become, to remember the person I was. So, I've kind of condensed this story down as quick as, as possible and there's so many elements I've probably missed out here. But what I'm trying to get at is, each and every one of you have a voice, and you're not some insignificant. Egg, yeah, look at me. I can't even speak. you're, you're not some insignificant soul, and no matter how lonely you may feel and lost, there is hope, and it's just a case of reaching out and asking for that help. I was able to overcome the things I have. And i don't believe i'm anything better or more than you so if you can find your voice reach out whether it's to me or to anyone close to you and take that leap you know life is such a wonderful gift and one we take for granted and there are so many opportunities for new beginnings new moments yet we neglect them because we get caught in this self-dialogue this kind of need to meet other people's expectations and wants and the truth is the majority of us don't actually know what we want or what we need or how we define our happiness our love our success the things that give us our life our meaning but again we can always get caught up in this purpose purpose thing as well and sometimes our purpose can just be to exist to be here to experience this journey as it is So I want you all to know that there is hope. And if I'm here, then so can you be, you know, to share your story, to be there. So here's a little snippet of me. and I look forward to bringing on more voices to this podcast and sharing their story and giving you guys a little bit of hope. Thank you all for listening. Love you loads.